Welcome everyone to a very special New Year's edition of the Cassandra Properties Podcast. Hope everyone enjoyed Christmas. I hope everyone's enjoying the holiday season. Been a hell of a year, folks. We're having a lot of fun over here. We wanted to do something a little different to, to close the year out. So uh, our first episode next year is going to feature Gabe Peterson, guy we had a lot of fun with on the podcast, a lot of insights, something that uh, I'm really interested in, which is mobile home investing, mobile parks, RV parks. That'll break next week. For this week, we wanted to, uh, again, do something a little different. We wanted to go look back at what has been just a ton of fun. Like I'm having a blast with this thing. It, it's so out of my comfort zone. It's something I never would have thought I would have done. Certainly never would have thought I would have enjoyed it. And I am. We're having a, a hell of a good time here. I hope the audience is enjoying it. We had this year really something, again, for me, I thought I'd never do. I co-authored a book called Stay Calm. Um, this was a collaboration of 12 entrepreneurs in Staten Island. The book is, is centered around how a crisis can strengthen your business. Of course, with the pandemic, we're all pandemic out. We talked about what some of our strategies are, what we've learned from, from past crises and how we're hopefully getting a little bit better at these things as, as we get a little older. All the proceeds from the book go to charity. We have some copies available on the website. If you'd like one, certainly go ahead and, and log on. We'll send you a free copy or just reach out. Happy to get them out. And that's what we're going to do is we're going to go back and Pete's going to take clips of some of our more humorous moments, some of our more emotional moments, some of our more insightful moments. And we thought it would be neat to pull together a quick collaboration and share that with you today. So we'll be back to our normal broadcasts, as I said, uh, first week in January. As I'm sure you are, I'm extremely excited to put this year behind us. But look, here's to a healthy, above all, a prosperous 2021. Let's keep going, baby. Really appreciate everyone. Appreciate the audience, the comments. It's been a, this has been a blast. Everybody tonight, enjoy your family. And of all nights, please stay safe. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the, what are we on, Pete? Welcome, everyone, to the, what did we say? I already forgot. The 15th, 16th, 17. the 17th episode cut, cut, of the Cassandra Properties. No, we don't cut here. We just roll. <laughs> episode 20 of the Cassandra Properties podcast. We're going to remind everyone we're on episode 20 throughout the podcast because it really bothers Pete if I re <laughs> reference the episode. This one happens to be episode 20 as we move throughout the day. So welcome to the first Cassandra Properties podcast. How I heard things and how I digested things and how I processed things are completely different. Oh yeah. <laughs> than how his generation sees things and how your generation sees things. From that one session, we took away, right? We had a little call and I had all my little oh, notes. Oh, had all his notes. We need to understand that the way you talk, mm -hmm. it's 80% what you, how you say it, not yeah. what you say. And blah, blah. So, yep. so exciting to open up at this late stage in the game for me to kind of relearn everything. Me and Brian had the poles in our mouth, holding the net. We got the tape measure out, yep. yelling, I got Brian, I take a look, I got this. It's so ridiculous, but it works. Sergio, never underestimate the power of fast nickels. Yep. Yeah, it's like anything like that, those shared experiences, that's a bot. Because if you've done it, you're like, oh, man, it was hard, right? Yeah, oh, where'd you do yours? Right? And we're immediately like, 
are we becoming best friends right now? You know, it's, <laughs> I know you yelled at me once. Yeah, well, we had we had one hiccup. One I, hiccup. I would have maybe not scheduled a huge press release the day of the number. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Give it five minutes. I'm waiting for a phone call. We just did the press release. I'm like, why did we schedule it today? There are platforms out there and there's a new one that's trying to recreate that. It's called the Remo. And it's really incredible in the way they do it and i've i've attended probably one or two webinars a week now the fake exhibit halls we actually exhibited at the small business expo which was like a fake exhibit hall where it looked like an exhibit hall and you cycle through and it's all chat it was a complete waste it was i wasted our our, our, our money on that we got nothing from it because there's no engagement back and forth. right so the first step in in investing in an opportunity zone is setting up a qof or a qualified opportunity fund setting up a qualified opportunity opportunity fund is pretty simple. It's any entity that is taxed as a corporation or a partnership, uh, pretty easy to achieve. And then you file a two-page election with the Internal Revenue Service to be taxed as a qualified opportunity fund. That's it. Asset that I'm selling, does it have to be in the QOF prior to the sale? The asset that you sell in order to give rise to the capital gain can be located anywhere or it can be an intangible like stocks. The president and CEO of Snug Harbor, Eileen. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. Thank you. How are we doing? I'm, I don't I mean, what kind of question is that? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Already crit critiquing the podcast. <laughs> Bad question number one. What is this lead? I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm hanging in. I want to, I want to run that place someday. I just said it. I said it out loud because I, I just was like, there's something about this place. I've been at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. There, even though you're going from an, from an, a development corporation to a botanical garden, there was something so interesting to me about both places. They're both like off the grid like you kind of you've heard the name but you you yep. really know where they are yep. they're both they're city property they're they're maritime industry and history they there's a gate around them that makes them feel like you can't get in but you kind of want to there's just like a lot of things about it that i that i that i felt so I, i'm saying i'm gonna mit, win 30 million dollars. i was just gonna say here. can you say that we <laughs> are going to win the lotto you stole my thunder mr rob nixon the deal ninja how are we doing today babe i'm doing great yeah happy to be here are you happy? I am. Good. I feel you got some time for me. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a, a little banter back and forth today. Rob and I have, have always had a really interesting relationship. Sounds like you're making excuses to not be around the office. Well, I mean, I'm here <laughs> earlier than anybody else every day, but I mean, including Sunday. But <laughs> it was counting. Exactly what you said. What was the tagline? Pay for you what? Do what you do best and pay for the rest. Do what you do best and pay for the rest. Could be half of Monday, whatever it may be. And He's then doing it again, guys. Yeah, we used to stretch <laughs> Sunday now became yeah. half a Monday. Yeah, well, then you decided to throw a very early Monday morning meeting. So that's Sorry. just, you planned my, you ruined my whole schedule for the year, actually. So, <laughs> you didn't communicate it to me, so how yeah, did I know? Yeah, so now Sorry, I have, to, ahead, now I have to recast my schedule for the entire year. <laughs> Thanks to you. I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, throw in the PDs on the ones and twos so yes. Todd can chastise me. <laughs> I remember that. I heard ones and twos. I was like, oh, no. This is, he's not a DJ. However, he still is on the ones he and twos. He kind of looks he's got the mixing board, he and he kind of looks like he's a DJ. Would you yeah. rather be want to be called a technical director? <laughs> You're the technical director or director. I was just yeah. going to say, he's in his cage, leave him be. He said that in one of the last podcasts. What boss? Yes. He's not in a cage. Uh, Creative uh, background. He's a technical director. Uh, no, he's hiding. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Love it. He's the ones and twos guy. All right. That's as technical oh, as I baby. get here. Folks. Ones and twos it is. Got it. You it's went to Marist College? Yes. 
Oh, do I have some stories for you? Really? This oh is boy. not an online <laughs> oh thing. Boy. These are offline things. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Uh, your yeah. Maris grad? Uh, no. Oh. I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, okay. It's not a Maris grad. <laughs> Part of my sordid history uh. involved a layover at Maris. My brother went to Maris, and he's a Maris grad. I walk into there was zero chance I could succeed. When I went to school, it was like ah, you know, I was I was going. My first day, I'll never forget. I walk into the dorm room and there's beers everywhere and there's all the, the fraternity brothers there. And they're like, bring them on up! And I was like, oh my God. So I, I didn't graduate, but I had a hell of a good time. The beauty of what directors have to be able to do is take all the technical aspects, then take the format that the producer puts together and then make it sing. So yes, there is some sort of visualization Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 2020 National Football League Super Bowl. And then you have shots of the players, hero shots, hero shots. So yes, you have to have some sort of vision, but you have to understand so much in order to execute that. Thank God you did not cut to me after you gave that amazing introduction. I'm sitting here swallowing down my vomit, going, oh my God, I hope he, I don't have to follow this friggin' pro with that. Welcome to page nine. Oh, I'm going, oh my, I'm gonna sound like a jackass. That's what's going through my head. Oh no, wait, I forgot. Becca. Mm. All right, so this is. Oh, wow. How, how are we going to do this? I was hoping you were going to slide are, right, are we right gonna, up, Is she going to sing right gonna here? Or are we going to. Oh, yeah. All right. So, listen, Becca, one thing people hate is dead air. Not that there's any pressure. Oh, so I got to, like, go right into You've gotta this? You've got to go three. Jeez. Wait, two. Oh, wow. One. That's unfortunate. I finally made it. I've arrived. Right? You have arrived, baby. I hit 52 and I've arrived. <laughs> yeah, the, you made it to the Cassandra Properties this, podcast. This, this is some setup, by the <laughs> way. Thank you. At the end of the year, you would sell raffles. Order a box and I go out and have pretty good success. And I order another box and another box. And, 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 and I could feel, you know, I know the audience can't see this right now, but two hands clenched and you go... Oh my goodness, I love this. I also took a competitive element from how other people were selling. Some people's parents worked in financial institutions yep. and the parents would go out and sell them. And I was you know, I, I don't want any part of that. I want to do this off my own back. And I think the biggest uh, thing was winning the bike. I always wanted a bike. I didn't have a bike at that point. I ended up winning a big pizza party for the whole class yep. and adulation coming, you know, just being a champion at something at such a young age made, made, made me feel great. Won the bike, ultimately sold the bike. <laughs> and as, as raffles came around, you know, I started selling raffles. Yep. And, and yeah, so by the time I left, I, I had won 16 bikes and sold them all. There's a couple of things that were in my favor. Adversity, I, I used adversity. That was, that was definitely my X factor. Adversity was my X factor. That, that's a huge thing for me. I operated from a place of, uh, it was a place of power. It was a place, it was, it was a place of empowerment. It was a place of watching my mom struggle, you know, watching us live the way we lived. We, we were on food stamps. We, we were on WIC. We were on cash assistance. We were on government housing. We, we went through all that. And man, my mom never told me that I couldn't do something. My mom never was like, and my, that's one thing, man, that's the other, I said adversity. The other one was programming. No, I didn't have the programming that intellectuals give you and, and books give you, right? The type of programming that's available now, even through this podcast. I didn't have that, but I had my mother telling me that I was gonna be somebody, that I'm strong, that I can accomplish anything that I wanna accomplish. My mom had that never give up mentality. She had that, hey, I'm not a victim. 
even though I was poor as shit, I never felt poor. I never felt poor. I always felt like that was just like, hey, it's it's where I am now, but it's not where I'm gonna end up. Having a thousand clients closed by 30, of which probably I still talk to on an annual basis, 750 of them, to me, like that warms my heart. So like when people reach out to me from 2008 and nine, still to this day, Wow. Like, You're you know, doing something. Yeah, exactly. That says something. It's so nice. You know, again, like going back to that and like I always joke around. I'm like, man, if I'm old, how old are you guys? You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> I know you were older when I was, you know. <laughs> so like that to me, like that really means a lot. And I wish the rewards in the mortgage business, and even in real estate, really focused on the impact people had on the community more so than the amount of business you did. Banks right now are looking for reasons to deny loans. Yes, they are. <laughs> and, you know, and, I, know. Yeah, and I feel like no one's talking about that. One, because of headlines, right? You don't talk about the person that I spoke to last week that got denied by Wells Fargo, who's refinancing her mortgage, is with real. Wells Fargo. She's going from 5.5% on a loan from 2009, wants to drop down to 2.75%. And they denied her for not having enough money in the bank when on one family home primary residence, you do not need reserves. You guys are here, you're working, you're working different types of buyers. I wanted to talk a little bit about first time home buyers. One piece of advice, what would it be? Take your time. You know, it's a process. It's going to be like the biggest uh, uh, situation purchase in your life. All right, Thanks. Seal. <laughs> you're up, kiddo. You got to turn and face me. All right. It took me a long time to know my worth, but I do know my worth now. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. It's, Is that it, bad? No, no it's it, great. It, it's wonderful. As I had just said, we would go back on the microfilm and you're looking up on the thing and you're sketching it out. Copies. You know, beepers were the big deal. It was if you were rocking the Motorola, you were a player in the real estate game back when I was, Frank's <laughs> laughing, right? Back when I was really getting my feet under me. New York, uh, it, it's going to take two to three years to foreclose. I'm going to have higher attorney fees. And, you know, in New York, you got to hire an attorney to talk to an attorney to have an attorney, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, you do. <laughs> Especially in, in uh, New York City. But Corey, I... thanks for coming in today. Thanks so much. Episode 20 as well. What an honor. <laughs> it, truly, it truly is. I'm so grateful. Thanks, Pete. I appreciate you putting me in on this time. <laughs> it's got a good ring, episode 20, right? <laughs> I like it. How are you like doing it. over there on the ones and twos, Pete? Are you good? Good. <laughs> happy, you're happy, too. You weren't happy a minute ago. But, no, he wasn't. <laughs> but it's acceptance now, so we're good. Before we started recording, he went into his, don't put the episode number because we got to fill our episodes. No, it's episode 20. 20. Fear can either pull you back or drive you forward, bud. So I said to him, I said, look, use it as a way to get yourself mad. Use it as a way to say, there's no way I'm going to be fearful from this moment on and drive it that way. So you have to recognize the fear instantly instead of letting it control you, you control the fear. And I think if we can do that individually, not only for our children, but for our business and for our staff, and they see that we're okay with failing and we're okay taking fear and using it as a driving force and driving them to be able to motivate them as well, life's pretty good. So we ran this promotion and I was all excited. I had a suit on the other day. I was very excited and I couldn't wait to see where it happened. Now, I was in my back office and we have a doorbell system. So you ring the bell and we know people coming in. The bell was ringing like crazy. I was so excited, you know, it was like, it was happening, you know, yeah. it was like, I can't believe this. It rang more that in that half hour that I was sitting in the back than it rang the first two weeks I was in business, right? So I come downstairs feeling good, you know, look, and I look around the store and I realized something. They were all senior citizen men with Ziploc bags filled with watches, <laughs> screaming that I didn't put limit one per customer oh, on the ad. No. So needless to say, <laughs> it was the worst experience I ever had in my life to the point where I ran in the back. And the sales girls came to the back and they're like, you have to handle this and you have to take care of this. They said, look, 
I have no idea how to handle this. <laughs> you guys have to do this. You've been in the business. I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to please help me make this right. And at the end of the day, oh, you know man. what? A valuable lesson was learned. There's no quick way to turn your business around and, and make it a success overnight. Five years later, I still had a guy come in with that thing, you know, and- uh, No way. Yeah, didn't have, a, didn't have an expiration date either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot that part. Did I not say that the first time? <laughs> there was no expiration date either. So uh, yeah, yeah. So that was really a, a big fail. And I thank you for the Staten Island Advance for not making me aware of that uh, in my day. I think it's gonna be hysterical if people start showing up at your store again yeah. looking for, <laughs> yeah. for, what? for watch batteries. batteries. Yeah, no, that ad is gone. You cannot find it on Google Images as well. I removed it. I paid a lot of money to have it removed. But yeah. Pete's yeah. in the corner uh, going, I was yeah. looking for it. Yeah, he's looking, he's searching right now. I see it. Yeah. You look at the time that you have on this earth. I've I've counted it. It's to a hundred years old, I got 704 months. When you know how much time, and I'm just, I, God willing, I live beyond it. I may not, but I'm believing I'm gonna live beyond that. The, the goal is not to to work till, till you can't think. The goal is, is to give everything you have every day within boundaries, because it's not what you accomplish in a day, it's what you accomplish in a lifetime. Future generations of young leaders who can build on, on the shoulders of Danielle and Chad. So it, it doesn't end when I'm done, it just begins. And and that's what happens a lot of the times is we think that it's only one generation and it's only us. It doesn't end with us. Cassandra Properties and Jane Prendamano's and you know influence and, and legacy is way bigger than just the years you're on this earth. Are you guys actually doing loans today? As with most banks, it's yes, but we are not going to be more aggressive than we were back in March and April. If anything, we're gonna be a little bit more conservative like most banks. There are additional questions as to how your business is handling quarantine and lockdown and the pandemic. What are your plans? What have you implemented to you know see yourself through this? So there are specific questions that we've added to the underwriting process to get us more comfortable. Thank you, James, and thank you for that beautiful introduction. Damn, I should just leave now. Um, <laughs> just wrap it up. That's it. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Stay safe. Thank <laughs> <laughs> for the endorsement. I approve this message. You know, I want to keep the crowd going. Like even even this podcast. You know, it's so light in here. I. I I would definitely watch and listen to this podcast and every other podcast that you do because you're awesome, okay? Let everybody know out there that you're awesome. For those who don't know you, they may think you're unapproachable, but you are one. You are really an awesome person. Thank awesome. you. From the bottom of my heart, I'm not even kidding. You're a really good person. You're easy to be around. You're easy to talk to and easy to listen to. In any case, I'm a fan. It was probably the first time I was going to public speak, but I always wanted to. I was like, this is great. You know, but I was going to talk about mortgages, my, in my sweet spot. Right. One-on-one, -on -one, I didn't have a problem. I walked into the room, I couldn't stop sweating. It wasn't even hot. I couldn't <laughs> stop sweating. One of the agents there, I love her for it. She went, she got me some paper towels. She pulled me out of the room. She gave me some water. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. I can't stop sweating. I mean, I sweat all the way through home in the shower. I sweat. I sweated in the shower. I couldn't stop. I'm telling you, I was scared. It used to that happen to me too. Pouring in sweat. The craziest thing. Like, craziest thing. If this was back then, I'd be sweating right now. Yes, me too. Doing our master's program now, Homeland Security. She's not going to do anything with Homeland Security. She's an artist. <laughs> She's an artist. The kid's an artist. She's in Homeland Security. She's going to be the best artist in Homeland Security. I'm like, please sketches maybe. You know, like we can maybe work that all in together. <laughs> we don't want to waste the master's degree. Um, I was in decent shape, but not great shape. I did what uh, any uh, anybody would do, and I uh, joined the marathon. <laughs> I joined Team Determination. And... Uh, <laughs> 
We all did a lot of good during Sandy. Bro. Yes. You, you, listen. We I, did. I, I, I don't know your relationship with your brother, but I'm going to tell you a story about that. So I'm out there and, and I'm working hard. Some guy comes over to me. He goes, those are my shovels. I'm like, what? I'm like, those are my shovels. You stole my shovels. <laughs> it was your brother. It was your brother. I don't see him since then. It wasn't his shovels. I got them from Andrew Lance's office. But he was so convinced. I was like, I had hundreds of them. I'm like, okay, take the shovels. Holy shit. I'm sorry. Um... Your brother could be a little bit, you know, I'm talking. Oh, I haven't seen him since then either. Oh, really? so, yeah. Damn. Oh, my God. Was his pro- I didn't want to fight him. You Talk know, to you I about a, the shovels. I was like, take the shovels. You want the shovels? Take them. They were green handles. I still have some of them in my head. We had hundreds of them. I got them from Lanza. Cool. Anyway, I didn't want to fight with I didn't want to fight with the guy. Those oh, your Andy. green handles. Shovels. <laughs> they were some hell of a I can remember them. They were wrapped in paper, in uh, brown paper. Um, you know, but he did have the same shovel. I'm not going to lie. He did. So I could see how he might have thought that. But he was totally wrong. Honestly, for some of my followers, <laughs> I want them to uh, please know that this is not just the Mutual Admiration Society. This is actually, no, this is actually real talk. This is a real man. Um, comes from a real, fa- a real family. And they do really good things for not only the, the community, but uh, for, um, for, for uh, philanthropic efforts as well. That's one of the biggest problems I see is a lot of businesses and clients will say like, oh, well, social media doesn't work for me or social media won't work for my business. And it's because they've gone in without a strategy. A lot of times people will say, okay, well, I, I've been on Facebook and you know, nothing happened. Well, were you tar- were, were your me- was your messaging correct? Were you sharing the right type of content that your audience on Facebook wanted to, to read? There's so many different social media platforms out there and they, they all exist for a reason. Every, every platform offers something different to the people that are on it. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see small businesses make when they're on social media is that they, oh, I need to be on every single social media platform. And so they, they're on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, I mean, like there, there's so many. And then they just copy and paste the same messaging, put it out and then expect these the clients and the leads just to start knocking down their door. We really enjoy this. We're having a really good time with it. We're, we're having a good time with this. We're having a lot of fun with this. We hope we're delivering some value. Thank you. Thank you again for the support. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the criticism. Love you guys. We'll catch you on the next one, everyone. Everyone, 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 please stay safe.